0: Do you have a question about Bitcoin? Coincompass.com slash ask to record your question and we'll answer it on an upcoming episode. So whether your question is technical, non-technical, economic, political, fundamental, it doesn't matter. There is no question too basic or too complicated for the Bitcoin Basics Podcast. Coincompass.com slash ask
1: Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your hosts, Ferris and Gordon from Coincompass.com enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining the Bitcoin Basics Podcast. It is the 18th of January 2021. The price of Bitcoin is currently $34,930. The block height is 666,558. So that is our proof of recording, our timestamp. If you're not too sure what that means, there is a link in our notes. I am Ferris, your host, and I'm here with Gordon. Gordon, how are you going today? Good. Thanks,
0: mate. Keen to uh, discuss a very poignant topic at this current juncture.
1: Yeah, so Bitcoin's been around for 11 years now, and this is something that um, still gets misunderstood or asked, and something I'm actually keen to keep picking your brain about. So essentially, the question is, is Bitcoin private? So first of all, price should define what we mean by private. Um, Does that mean that you can buy Bitcoins and no one can know that you've bought them? Or how do we define what is privacy to begin with?
0: Excellent question. And without discussing that beforehand, that's actually what I wanted to go through because it's actually the wrong question. Is Bitcoin private? No. Bitcoin is public. It's a public ledger. Every transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain is transparent. So it's actually, there have been many podcasts and articles written about this, but the answer is simple. No, Bitcoin's not private. It is the opposite of private, which is public. So the better question is, is Bitcoin anonymous? and i was trying to think of the antonym to anonymous some people say non-anonymous or are you known or identified whatever that is but that's that's probably the better question and that is sort of a the short answer is maybe
1: if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe like and share so we can find others like yourself So with that, because, I mean, I think there's still an article today um, I saw somewhere saying that with Bitcoin going higher, it's just going to increase um, illicit activities like drug smuggling and all this kind of stuff. So is that something that you can use to hide funds or move money around without it being traced back to you? Can't you just buy Bitcoin on a wallet, so you go, go into an exchange, buy two Bitcoins, don't have to prove who you are. And then you can actually move those Bitcoins around without it ever being, tr- without that wallet being traced back to your person. Is that true?
0: Uh, yes and no. And like everything in, and like this episode, the answers will be nuanced. I think the last thing you would want to do if you were a criminal, um, no judgment on what people want to do, but Bitcoin would be the last thing that you would want to use because those uh, transactions are public on the ledger. And so we, we really have two things at play here. One, we have the Bitcoin ledger, which is public and transparent. So individual transactions are anonymous. But that's where sort of the anonymity ends because, as you just mentioned, there are ways to tie these individual transactions together. And one way to tie them together is to trace them back to an exchange. So we've got this notion of individual transactions being anonymous, public, not private. But for example, if you go onto Binance or Coinbase or whatever exchange with your KYC, and you said buy Bitcoins anonymously, I don't know of any exchange nowadays where you can actually buy Bitcoins anonymously. You have to at the very least give your name, some sort of national ID or passport. And so every single time you send a Bitcoin transaction or receive a Bitcoin transaction, what's actually happening is the history of that transaction is completely public and completely known. So you may send me some Bitcoin, 0.1 Bitcoin, but as soon as you send me 0.1 Bitcoin, I can see the history of where that's come from. So I might, you know, I obviously know you, I might not know you, but in the blockchain, I can actually go back, you know, that those 0.1 Bitcoins could have come from an exchange, could have come from wherever, uh, right back to how they were first mined. Um, So every single Bitcoin transaction is what we call tainted. And it's tainted with a history. And that history might be random Bitcoin addresses. But eventually, there's going to be some point where those Bitcoin addresses are tied to some kind of identity, whether that's buying Bitcoin in an exchange or buying a hardware wallet and having that hardware wallet to an, to an address. So there's going to be some way that a three-letter agency or many of the blockchain analytics companies can tie those Bitcoin addresses to your real-world identity.
1: So at some stage to buy Bitcoin, you had to use, say, a credit card or a bank account um, and where you purchased those original Bitcoins, that's what's going to show up. And if, even if you traded them through you know, so many different avenues, it can be traced back to that point of origin. What if you bought Bitcoin from someone off the street in cash?
0: Yeah, so it, it, this issue of privacy, and it's not, again, it's not privacy because Bitcoin's public. It's anonymity. Can you remain anonymous? And as you said, the best way to buy Bitcoin is to buy Bitcoin anonymously. But don't buy it from exchange where you have to give, you know, a blood sample, a stool sample, and sacrifice nine virgins. Buy it from someone. <laughs> anyone
1: listening, it's not that bad. It's just like opening a bank account. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, buy, it, buy it from, as you said, uh, in cash, in person. That's the, great, that's the best way to do it. And that was actually my first Bitcoin transaction, met, meeting someone at Starbucks. But of course, there's also a security risk there. You know, um, someone at Starbucks might bring along uh, someone from a three-letter agency or some of their mates, and as soon as they, you know, you hand your money over or whatever, um, you know, around the corner there's five people waiting for you. So there's a security security risk there. Um, the key is to buy Bitcoin uh, with giving away a, as less amount of information as you can. Nowadays, that would be a peer-to-peer exchange. Or some sort of way to um, have a marketplace. And all that is happening is that marketplace is joining buyers and sellers. So something like local bitcoins, Paxful, and nowadays even Binance has a peer to peer exchange as well. So that really all you're doing is transferring money from your bank account to that person's bank account. So of course they know who you are, but the blockchain doesn't know. You are so. If that makes sense, there's sort of no tie from your Bitcoin address sending or receiving to your real-world identity, except for that person that you're buying Bitcoins from.
1: So, if I'm understanding this right, when one bit, when Bitcoins or let's say satoshis are transferred from one person to another, another one wallet to another, that's recorded on the blockchain. That's like an email going from one email address to another. But that email address doesn't have to have your name in it. So it, no one knows you own that email address. Same thing with Bitcoins. You can have a wallet. No one knows no, that wallet's yours, but it's recorded. But where you originally bought Bitcoin, if you got it from an exchange, you had to provide a credit card or you had to do it from a bank account. And that can be traced back to you. Um, but if you bought in cash or if you bought peer to peer, um, and with peer-to-peer, you avoided banks somehow, then yes, you can buy Bitcoin anonymously. if, if that's the, Is that the case?
0: Yes. So meeting someone in person, you hand over cash, $1,000 worth of cash. They transfer Bitcoin to your, say, for example, mobile wallet. They don't even know your name. Um, you just, you know, however you communicate or signal or even email or whatnot. Um, then you've bought Bitcoin And honestly, same with um, bank transfers. But again, you're still, without being paranoid, you're still actually giving away the entire history of that transaction. And if someone wanted to, and they were determined enough, which 99.99% are probably not, they could actually transact. uh, They could actually trace that history of all those Bitcoins to someone. And we're not also talking about the present day or in the past, we're also talking about 10 years in the future. So your Bitcoin that you bought in cash may be anonymous now, you know, you've kept it in your hardware wallet, for example, but in 10 years time, when maybe rules and regulations change, you need to transfer that back to a Bitcoin exchange. Then you've actually de-anonymized yourself and that Bitcoin is now known to
1: be so yours. So it's easier to privately purchase small small amounts of Bitcoin where you're using cash. And as you illustrated in your story before, which I think personally the most heinous part of what you did was you walked into a Starbucks. Lost a lot of respect for you there, Gordon.
0: I didn't buy any coffee. I think well, I that's just Well, that's because they don't Bitcoin. sell
1: coffee. They sell sugared water.
0: That's true.
1: <laughs> so yes. you can do it in small amounts, but as Bitcoin becomes just more mainstream, it will get harder and harder for people to transact in Bitcoin privately. And if they wish to do so, they can really only do so person to person using cash and cash, as we know, is actually the most private anonymous vehicle out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, we're basically getting rid of cash with creating these cashless societies. So, I mean, probably in a few years time, you won't be able to use cash. Um, Maybe you'll be able to use other things as a method payment, uh, so yeah, um, I think people need to think about where they're buying their Bitcoin from. Um, and again, you know, depending on your jurisdiction, maybe that's fine. Maybe you're okay with um, telling your re- relevant three letter agency, your uh, tax office, that you've bought Bitcoin and you're gonna um, uh, claim it. And um, you know that's fine. But for other people, you know, it's not. It's not fine. You want to keep that private. You want to keep that secure. But here's a question for you, I guess. Um, Let's say you have bought Bitcoin. So you bought Bitcoin on Coinbase, Binance, whatever exchange, Bitstamp. You've registered yourself, you know, with your passport and ID and whatnot. So that is known to only that particular exchange. So those transactions on the blockchain aren't linked to your actual account. So only Bitstamp or Coinbase or Uh, Binance knows that. And let's be honest, three-letter agencies definitely have their hooks into those exchanges. But let's say you bought Bitcoin and you transfer them to your uh, cold storage device, your hardware wallet. Is that it? Have you tainted yourself forever? Or do you think there are other things that you could do perhaps to uh, anonymize yourself?
1: Well, if you've purchased those Bitcoins, and this is where it can get tricky because... Um, and I know this has happened to some people as they say, well, I lost my Bitcoins. Like, you know, for some reason, the government says you owe us revenue taxes on those Bitcoins. Say, well, no, I've lost them. And you can easily lose Bitcoins. We've covered that in this podcast several times. Well, how do you prove that you've lost something? How do you prove you no longer own something? So there's one issue there. Um, as you mentioned, if you move it to a cold storage device, at some point, I presume you want to cash in something at some stage. Um, Taxes on Bitcoin is—I mean—governments are still working on that. There's still no uniformity within governments on Bitcoin. Some countries is double tax as a currency and as a capital gain. Um, so it is. Look, it is complex, and you just have to prepare for it. I don't actually have an answer for that question because I know it, I don't think you can avoid it because, as you said, Bitcoin is not private. It is actually the most transparent. Um, technology, the most transparent currency that there is, and you know, w- we have covered this a little bit. I don't want to get into this today, but you know, there is a potential for the Bitcoin blockchain to replace um, transcripts like deeds to real estate or university transcripts. This kind of stuff. Um, don't want to debate that here. I think we've done that before. But to answer your question, Gordon, I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't think you can get away from, yeah hiding your Bitcoins unless you've lost them. And you, yeah, you that puts you in a quandary where you have to prove that you've lost your Bitcoins, which we don't want people to do, obviously.
0: Yeah, well, you can't prove a negative. You can't prove something that you don't have. Um, and hashtag not uh, financial or tax advice, but most tax officers around the world consider, even if you don't sell your Bitcoin, if you withdraw your Bitcoin from an exchange, even to another exchange or hardware wallet or whatever, that is a taxable event. Because, for example, the tax office doesn't know what happens to those coins after that. You could sell them, you could transfer them, whatnot. So just keep that in mind if you think that you're never going to sell your Bitcoin, but you're removing them from exchange. You know, that's sort of it. That's probably considered a taxable event. There are actually ways. I wasn't really saying hiding Bitcoin. I was more in terms of anonymizing your Bitcoin. So you have de-anonymized yourself. You bought Bitcoin on... Binance, for example, you're transferring them to your cold, cold storage, your hardware wallet. There are ways to do it, but it's really a two-edged sword. This is early days. So there are things like coin mixes, coin joins. There's different sort of names for them. Uh, I would be extremely cautious before you start to use those services. They are getting better, but there are certainly a lot of scams out there. And I'm not going to recommend any of them because they change almost on a daily basis, but there are actually ways to anonymize your coins that were tainted from Coinbase and have a transaction history by putting them into a pool with other Bitcoin transactions. And that's actually a really good way to what is called obfuscate, to hide in plain sight your Bitcoins. And from there, they don't really have any transaction history. And I won't go into the minutia, the details of it, Um, but there is one warning, one, there are a lot of scams out there and two, some exchanges are now actually seeing coins that have been mixed, have gone through these services, you know, for whatever reason, back to an exchange and those exchanges actually freezing accounts saying your, your, your Bitcoin transaction has a history and it has history from CoinJoin. So, uh, that's a whole nother topic perhaps we'll address on another day. But yeah, people are thinking about this. People are thinking about privacy. You've got this public ledger that is completely transparent. And yet people want to, um, not because they're dealing drugs or they're making weapons, but people want to uh, retain their privacy. uh, We have talked about the Lightning Network time and time again. The Lightning Network is fascinating in that it doesn't have a blockchain. So unless there's someone looking at transactions in real time, the Lightning Network is actually a really good way to uh, anonymize coins that have been tainted into a, essentially freshly minted coins. So that's, uh, I'm not I'm not giving any money laundering tips to anyone, but the Lightning Network is an excellent way to maintain your privacy, even if you just go from Bitcoin to the Lightning Network and then back out to Bitcoin again.
1: You've raised a lot of questions in there, Gordon, that I want to ask, but we will leave it for, I think, series two of this podcast, because it is a, a really... Um, relevant topic right now. So any last thoughts? I want to finish that up today, but we will come back with a second part to is Bitcoin private series.
0: Yeah. So I will save all that for a second part, but this sort of ties into security and we talk about security quite a lot. Um, but we, we privacy is, is not just completely separate to security. And as we learned previously with the ledger hack, Your ledger, if you've got a ledger device, your ledger is fine. So you haven't lost any Bitcoins. There's no issue there at all. But what happened is the email addresses, postal addresses, names, phone numbers, credit card details, of essentially every single customer who's bought a ledger, including myself, were released. And now people are getting hassled. People are firstly getting scam emails. But now what's happening is people are actually getting, in the US at least, you know, FBI swatted, you know, someone um, knows the postal address. So uh, if you bought a ledger and, you know, you've got your Bitcoin on the ledger and now that private information has got released, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to raise any alarm bells, but this, this has happened. So I'm not giving anyone any ideas, but um, criminals have come to houses and demanded that, Hey, you've, you've got a ledger. We know that you've got a ledger hand over your Bitcoin. So in that sense, your private information your postal address is almost as valuable as your bitcoin so these things are interlinked privacy and security we can't sort of treat them as as separate as separate things
1: yeah that's frightening that actually um and that's something we'll cover as well in our series of security and um personal hygiene um All right. Thank you very much, Gordon. We will do another series, at least one more series on Bitcoin and privacy. And again, if anyone has any questions, Gordon, and they want to comment on this show or ask us anything else that we can answer, where can they go?
0: Bitcoinbasicspodcast.com has links to all our podcast platforms, our YouTube channel, and please subscribe and share this uh, video or podcast with friends and family so that we can find other people like yourself who are interested in Bitcoin and uh last but not least yeah if you wanted to ask a question there's a link there on bitcoinbasicspodcast.com where you can just either record or type in your question and we will address it on a very upcoming episode
1: well thank you for listening everyone and we will catch you at the next one
0: thanks for watching or listening Please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content.
1: Subscribing, liking and following helps this content remain ad free. Until next time.